And it was devastating because then I had to start driving as a high school kid, 110 miles from my house to the nearest drag strip. And then gave that up and said, I'm not going to go do that anymore. And took up street racing and well, a night in jail fixes that deal in a hurry. And you go, okay, well maybe that 110 mile drive is not such a bad deal after all. It's time for Class Racing Today, the podcast for the NHRA Class Racing fan. Welcome back to Class Racing Today, classracingtoday.com, classracingtoday at gmail.com. This is uh, a new show, a new episode that we are, uh, we're back, we took a couple weeks off uh, to get a couple things done, uh, and we are... Back in studio, Brian, Bobby are all here live. How's it going, gentlemen? Great. Sorry, say that one going more time. Great. Awesome. Brian, where are you at? Sorry, your mic was muted for some reason. So it's going great. Out. <laughs> Sun's out. Maybe yeah. it's done raining. <laughs> the, Maybe. Uh, the producer of the show is off of holiday. Hey, hey. You know, so I took a... I had to shoot a wedding. I'm a photographer. It's my day job. I had to shoot a wedding in Florida. I had to. Uh, so that was kind of... <laughs> it worked out. What part? Uh, Naples, which rough. Real rough. Uh, so then we thought, well, <clears throat> we'll drag the whole fam down and make a trip of it. So went down there. Uh, got to go there. I uh, went to the Disney complex. I have a client down there that has told me over the years if you're ever down let me know so i did and we uh we had fun and the weather was beautiful and warm and cozy then i get back to this hell here in south <laughs> dakota Jeez, you know <laughs> what? i've never done the disney thing yeah but i know the highlight of your trip was not disney no no it wasn't the, the only thing <laughs> the only thing more fun than disney world is uh Bucky's. Okay, so <clears throat> fun story about Bucky's, which I don't know if you don't know anything about Bucky's, you you're missing out. Is is what I believe. Uh, we there's one in Daytona Beach. There's one about seventy miles north of there on that interstate that runs on the east coast of Florida, and most of them are, are in uh, um, Texas. Is where we found most of them. Brian had the joy of going with me and my wife to a event in Galveston, but. Was that 2017? I, think I just it was. remember, is it the the year we discovered Bucky's? Uh, yeah, yeah, 17. That was it. Um, and so now we find it. My children have learned to love it. It's like the mecca. It's our gas station mecca. Uh, but we're driving through Kentucky, and all of a sudden, about 100 miles out, I start seeing these billboards for Bucky's coming up. It's like, okay, we got to stop. It's like four days old, brand new Bucky's in Rich Richmond, I think. Um, is it the Kentucky. same size as the Texas Bucky's? Oh, I think that 120 gas pumps. Massive. Yeah. It was phenomenal. And the lady's like, oh, if you're going to be here tomorrow, Bucky's going to be here. Dang it. So you camped out. <laughs> right. Camped out in the parking lot. Right. We almost did. It's terrible. But whatever. <clears throat> well, I was but, disappointed uh, last time I was at one and they told me they discontinued the Bucky's cinnamon bears. Yeah, I just don't and, believe that. I didn't believe you. I'm like, I tried to bring Greg Craig back, back, and that's kind of a tongue twister. But I tried to get him a bag, and they're right. like, they're discontinued. We don't have them. I'm like, what next? You can get rid of the brick, brisket breakfast burritos? There's another one. Yeah, I know. So, but 
Yeah, it was awesome. I've never been. Never oh, been. All right. Next time you're you're anywhere. If, if you, I mean, it's worth going out of your way for, is what I think. It's worth booking a trip for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when when Brian and I tend to go to Texas occasionally together, um, we that that's usually our first stop. There's one a big a one in Denver. That's within a radius, certain radius of Bucky's. If I am sleeping. Mm-hmm. Everyone in my vehicle that I travel with has direct <laughs> orders to wake me up so we can go into Bucky's. Absolutely. <laughs> they make the, like, they literally have their own, like, butcher shop. Like, they have, like, the awesome jerky. They make the best brisket breakfast burritos you've ever had. And this life. podcast is not sponsored by Bucky's yet, but it should be. <laughs> it should <laughs> be. Good idea, though. <laughs> right. If anybody has a connection with Bucky's, that's it. Yeah. They just got a lot of free press. They, they really did. Uh, classracingtoday.com if you have any questions or comments classracingtoday at gmail.com if you want to help support the show you are more than welcome to do that and we do uh, we appreciate your support Uh, we are funded by the value for value model so you get to choose the value you get out of the show uh, and turn that into dollars and send it our way and you can do that at classracingtoday.com click on the donate button and help support the show so we can keep it going uh, there are a few comments that have come in so far because of this new system. We can pop them up as we go through. Um, so we appreciate it. YouTube is our first live stream on YouTube uh, with Class Racing Today. So if you are watching there, uh, share it out to your friends. Get more subscribers on the YouTube page as well. Uh, and we will say hi and keep it going. All right. What do you guys got today? Subscribe, Craig. I want to say one thing. Subscribe yes, to the YouTube page. It's I get a question. How much does it cost to subscribe to the YouTube page? It's free. Just hit that red button that says subscribe, and that's it. Anybody with a Google account can do that. It costs you nothing. Awesome. And everybody watching on Facebook, tell your friends, go to YouTube. It's much better. You don't have to deal. There's a lot of people that don't have Facebook. Well, now we're doing live on YouTube, so it'll make it even simpler. Yes. Good morning, Peter Lanciers. Good morning, gents. He says, oh, awesome. Wonderful. I can see the comments right here. I don't have to like look yeah, down, so look over cool. here. Oh, Craig, you're a mastermind. Yeah, no, I just happened to thank you to Joe uh, Santangelo. No, who who who's a uh, who's the WFO? Joe Costello. Joe Costello, yeah. He uh he was using this rig and I thought, you know what, it looks actually pretty clean, so I dug into it and I think it's gonna work. So pretty sweet. Thank you, Joe Costello. We're gonna have him on the show one of these days. Whether, Absolutely. Whether he wants whether he wants to or not, we're gonna <laughs> <laughs> we'll tie him up and throw him in the studio. Right. We'll do it. We'll do it when uh, Cobra Kai new season comes out. <laughs> oh, by the by, the by, just picked up a new student that I'm tutoring in math from California. His mom is best friends with Ralph Macchio's publicist, and really? this kid's mom also works on the Cobra Kai show. So when she said this, I feel the need to probably tutor her kid for free for the rest of his life. <laughs> What awesome. a pickup. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you to my friend Tommy, who works at Universal Studios out in Hollywood. He set me up with that job, and I appreciate it, buddy. Nice. For anybody that doesn't know, I was in in the movie industry for a little bit, and I did stunt driving, too. Awesome. Uh, I was taught stunt driving by the guy who drives the Batmobile and Batman and has a speaking role in the movie Naked Gun, which is one of my favorites, so... More on that later. It was cool. They had us sliding cars around, do 360s, and it was fun. So Jim Zimmerman just said, hey, good morning, guys from Texas. I'm assuming, Jim, you understand the 
I hope at least, the value of Bucky's uh, being from the great state of Texas. You never know. And Jim's from YouTube here, too. Yeah. So this is cool. I can see comments coming in from both. So is Joseph Platania, if I said his name right. Oh, Robert. You know, this is going to be a crazy show now with all these things coming through. Robert Kaiser. Bobby, you need a helmet painted with the Cobra Kai logo. Yes. I don't know That's if Rob Keister. He's the dot ninety guru. He he has the Rob's uh got a crazy looking helmet. I should I have the license plate on my stalker, Rob. So why not? I should get the helmet. Great idea. Did didn't you have a painter on the show back a few episodes? Travis. Ago? Travis Hess. There you are you go. watching right now? Bam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he can do the Cobra Kai logo for right. me. That's it. Keister, thank you. I owe you a beer. And Travis Hess, I'm gonna owe you lots of money because you're gonna have to paint this helmet. <clears throat> Fantastic. Hey, what's uh, what's going on with the Class Racer Revival? We had some uh, some changes going on. What's the word? Well, the weather, I don't know what the weather ended up doing there, but it was awful everywhere. Like rain, and they just decided they didn't want everybody to travel there to sit in their campers and stare at each other. So it has been postponed. Um, I missed a call from Mr. Bohannon, so we'll see where the new date is and I'm actually excited it got canceled because now maybe I can come kick some ass. So, hey, <laughs> maybe it was all for a good. It was all for good, you, right? Yeah. Thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for making it rain so I could try to participate if my rods ever show up. <laughs> oh. Don Kennedy says, "Hey all, hey Don, what from Facebook?" All right. Well, this weekend we had some. Uh, racing going on this past weekend. We had a national event in Charlotte, right? The four wide nationals where Darren Poole Adams got the win. Now this guy, I just met him at PRI. He's sitting there telling me, I, I hire drivers to drive for me. I'm, you know, I'm okay, but I, I feel like there's other people that can, can be better for me and win for me. Well, he goes out and wins a national event this past weekend. And I think it was in his brand new, like brand spanking new, Camaro with the 572 cubic inch. It was like the first one that rolled off the assembly line from Chevy, one of those new Copos. Um, probably one that's causing a lot of controversy because those cars always cause controversy when they first come off. And I don't know, probably not factored the way other people want them to be factored and all that good stuff. But regardless of all that, congratulations, Darren Poole Adams. And runner up was uh, Jack Zimmerman, who's got a pretty sick, uh, I think it's a 440 uh, Challenger. So uh, congrats to both of those guys. They were both in the power rankings um, last weekend. So um, it seems like my math is working pretty decent. And then in Superstock, Joe Lisa, uh, he got the win. He's a Division One hitter. Joe Lisa got the win in his, uh, I think it's an 87 Camaro. It's really nice painted. Even the wheelie bar wheels are like like this cool orange color that match the, uh, like the rest of the car. So... Uh, Joe Lisa, Matt Lisa, they're both great drivers. They both uh, drive really nice, clean, beautiful cars. I've never seen like any dirt on their cars. It's just they do, they do nice wheelies too. So congrats, Joe Lisa. And then there was a national open in Lebanon Valley, New York, where Jim Penta got the win in stock. Congratulations, Jim Penta. And Louis Gill out of Canada got the win in super stock. And Louis Gill was a contingency winner on Drag Insights. So his... Uh, Membership will be extended for a year, his premium membership. So congrats, Louie Gill. Anybody that hasn't signed up yet, go to app.draginsights.com. All right. Uh, so I got, I got into the 
If I got into the Virginia <clears throat> National event last night, there was a spot open, so I snagged it. Hopefully my car is ready to go for this upcoming weekend. Fields are filling quick, and then like once in a while you see an open spot, you gotta you gotta take it. I don't have enough grade points, so I'm only at five grade points this year. So I'm kind of in like that situation where I gotta hawk the entry list and hope that somebody drops. How many grade points do you have, Brian? Mm, like two. <laughs> two. All right. Just watch the Monday before. Plan plan on going. Watch the Monday before and just enter. If you want to hit that, uh, what the Brainerd National event, you gonna try and get in? Yeah, I'll have to try to work some magic on that deal. I don't know. It's hard. Like, I wanna, I wanna think. I need to be thinking about it and making a schedule. But it's just hanging out, right? Like, I've got every component we need to put the engine together, but rods, and they've been ordered since November. So, go on Facebook Marketplace. See if somebody's got a set that's not (laughs) stretched or messed up. Every time I've tried to like compromise a little bit or save money a little bit, it always bites me in the butt. So I'm like, you know what? I don't care if it's next year. Like, I just want to know, you know that what? everything I want in there is in there and we'll be fine. Good idea. Good idea. Because you know what? I've been down that road before and you're absolutely right. Just do it right or do it twice. So like, it's almost, uh, I'm coming almost up on a one year anniversary where I was going to build this building and it was going to be awesome. And I saved all kinds of money <laughs> and yeah, it still has a lot of natural light and a lot of ventilation. So that's it. I'm done trying to skimp. Like, I want this thing to be perfect. I want to be running a second under in my Camaro. Breaking hearts. I got to come after those challengers. Those things are just too fast. There you go. Make them go, make them go too fast, which is a, a whole other conversation for, I guess, another day because I want to get to the guest today. But uh, I put out my proposals to help increase, you know, interest in class racing and maybe get people to run faster because Lonnie Grimm, you know, the, the tech department, they want us to run all out so they can factor us properly. Well, that's not going to happen unless you entice people to run all out, which is why I posted some of my ideas, but they're all open for discussion, obviously. So I think we need to have a nice discussion and uh, maybe come up with something that we can pitch to NHRA. So uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, next week or something, maybe we can do that. But as for today, what I'm, Brian, who's our guest? What I'm excited about today is like, so we're back in the studio. We're running new software. It's like new beginnings, right? Like we always talk about the tracks that are going away. And, you know, we lost two of our tracks basically last year. We lost Pierre in Ottawa, Iowa. had a neat little track, and that one was going away. And we've got a guy that's kind of revitalized it and making a lot of huge changes. So we want to bring him on. Former, former stock, super stock racer and... Just an all-around good guy. How's it going this morning, Gary? What's going on, fellas? How are you doing? Doing great, man. Thanks for coming on. Oh, not a problem. I've uh, wished I could have came on a month or two ago when we started this process, but unfortunately, our uh, you know dealing with buying property from the city is taking a little longer than we wanted. And um, but it, it's finally time to to make the announcement that uh, we've come into a purchase agreement to buy. The racetrack and uh, we'll actually retain ownership from the city for the property and the um, assets that once belonged to Oric, which was the group that started the racetrack in 2017 so we're pretty excited we've uh, we've had um, 
some major changes go on and uh it's kept us busy now tell everybody what racetrack you're talking about here so this is onawa dragway so this is uh in onawa iowa it's about 45 minutes south of sioux city and approximately a little over an hour north of omaha right on i-29 it's uh 1.2 miles off the freeway um as far as driving so it's easy on easy off um great little town uh, that really wants to support the racetrack and have it here and uh was originally built as an eighth mile track but they had enough room to do quarter mile stuff so we've gone in made the changes and now we are a quarter mile facility all right yep. concrete and all yeah it was an old concrete runway so it was 3400 feet of uh of concrete and actually we just had uh kurt johnson of total venue concepts came in here two weeks ago and saved my life and completely uh, polished this thing from the whole entire quarter mile we've replaced 125 feet of concrete in each lane um so it's got a new surface we had a test and tune two weeks ago uh things went great uh and then the rains came and as brian can tell you it's just been crazy i I now know what Midwest rain is like because it's, you know, gloomy today and then it rains and I haven't seen the sun in weeks and it's, it's definitely trying, but, um, looks like we're going to get to race this weekend. And, um, so we'll see what happens, but, uh, you know, always, always trying to make more improvements, but our first quarter mile event will actually be next weekend. So we're pretty excited. Started to sound like a kid rock song there. What is it? I haven't seen the sun in three days. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's uh, definitely an interesting situation. I spent two and a half years in Ohio, and a really good friend of mine, Joe Socek, said, don't get excited about Ohio. There's only 40 days of sun, sunshine a year, and he was not far from it. And uh, I don't know that Iowa is much better, but the corn has to grow eventually, so the sun will come out. Problem is, is so will the humidity, and the, and the wind will die. So everything that we're complaining about right now is about to make a – flop here in about three weeks and then we'll all be complaining it's hot and miserable so it is what it is i couldn't pick this track up and move it to where it was you know beautiful weather year round that that just doesn't happen so, so we'll deal talk, with her let's talk about how you ended up here let's do a little <laughs> backstory of the track and kind of what what happened there and so in 2019 i was working for dragway 42 in west salem ohio um i had separated myself from the previous owner <clears throat> and we uh we weren't really looking for anything we were pretty much um i i'm a race car chassis builder by trade so to speak so i thought well i'll just go back building race cars it's always been a good backup for me and um and did some interviewing on some places and sean o'neill from the ihra um contacted me and said there was a racetrack and here in Iowa that was looking for some help and would I contact him? And originally it was to deal with Orc, the, the entity that started it. And I just, I've had experiences with multiple bosses and it just didn't seem like that was going to work. So I, I kind of declined on the deal. And then about three days later, a gentleman called me, his name's Dan Wilson called me up and said, well, I want to lease the equipment and the, and the track from them. And, and so you'd only have one boss. You just had to deal with me. And so I opted to come out, me and my wife, and we visited with them. And um, long story short, we ended up running the track for Dan Wilson for a little over two years. And uh, 
the end of this season or the end of 21, Dan opted not to come back uh, as a leasee. And so that's where the big, you know, the track was going to go away. And, um, you know, I was basically on to the next facility and kind of put my you know name out there with some of the other facilities. And we were looking to go somewhere else, essentially. And then um, we decided to take one more stab at it with uh, with the board and see what we could come up with. And uh, we come up with a number that sounded like it made sense for both parties. And so we were able to uh, to do it. And I, I had to go get finances. I had to go get some some partners to help me with that side of it because um, I, I didn't have the resources to do the whole thing on my own. So got some help. And there are people that are willing to uh, to put some money behind this and get it going and keep it going. Um, it's been a big part of this town. The town itself of Ottawa put a ton of money into this thing. So we wanted to make sure that it stayed a racing facility. We didn't want to see it go away. I mean, like you guys said, we've lost a lot of tracks in this area. We're losing tracks every day. Um, I'm originally from California. Um, and you know, a lot of those facilities, I was, I started drag racing in 1988 at, Baylands Raceway, which was the old Fremont drag strip that that Kyle Siple's mom, Georgia, ran. And that track went away. And I was just a high school kid. And it was devastating because then I had to start driving as a high school kid 110 miles from my house to the nearest drag strip. And then gave that up and said, I'm not going to go do that anymore and took up street racing. And, well, a night in jail fixes that deal in a hurry. And you go, okay, well, maybe that 110-mile drive is not such a bad deal after all. And... Um, so, you know, but it, it, it sucks when you've got a place that's a nice facility, had a good surface, it just needed some help, um, that was literally an hour's drive from, you know, Omaha, which has, you know, a lot of race cars in the Omaha area, a lot of stock, super stock guys, a lot of class racers, a lot of um, 90 racers. Um, so, you know, you, those guys were kind of like, now they're in an option of if this track closes, their next bet, next best deal is two and a half, three hours away. So we had a lot of support, but just couldn't put it together. So now that we've got it put together, we're getting the support we need, and and it's starting to finally come together. But it's uh, it's a lot of work. I mean, it's it's always been a lot of work because I've managed now for quite a few years. But you know, it's a lot of work when it's got your name on the end of it. So it's it's been exciting for sure. Well, and you've made a lot of neat changes. Like I said, you've redone, re- redone all the surface. I think you've changed some of the pit area. Um, I haven't been there. I didn't make it there the last. I think I was there two years ago. You know, and there was some. Yeah, from from two years ago, it's <clears throat> it's been some huge changes. Um, we now have pit lighting. Um, the track has actually got lighting on it, but we're making an uh, an upgrade so that we've got some better lighting on the track. Um, we did a grind. We did the the polish. Um, we've added in uh, a parade road. You know, for those that don't know what that is, you know, all these a lot of these racetracks have got a road down in front of the grandstands for, you know, Pomona's got one, Vegas has got one. Well, our track only had one 14-foot-wide asphalt road, which was the return road. The problem is, is if you had a car that needed to be towed back or something, you had opposite traffic trying to run down this one 14 foot road. And um, it just really made it, it put handcuffs on the facility. You know, you can't go and do a, uh, a show where you could bring in some, you know, funny cars to run or something because 
there was no road for the chase vehicles to go down to go pick their cars up. And you don't think that that's that big of a deal until you try to run one of those kind of events and the first pair of cars go down and then the first pair of chase vehicles go down and everything's good. Then the second pair of cars go down. Well, by then the first pair is hooked up and now coming back up the return road. And now you got a truck or, or a golf cart or something trying to go down to the other end of the chase road and just became a nightmare. So we're adding in, we're adding in the parade road, which is going to just be a, a race car a warm-up lane or a golf cart, you know, chase road. Um, it's 3,600 feet long. It also ties into the return road on the top end. Um, we're looking to do some expansion in our pits. We brought in about, oh, Dan Wilson brought in about $80,000 worth of rock and kind of stabilized it. But the problem with rocks and hot tires is the rock gets carried to the starting line. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to eliminate that by doing some concrete skirts. We've talked to a few marketing partners and we're trying to get that put together. Um, the main thing for me as an ex-racer, I always wanted the timing system to be accurate, the surface to be good, the safeties team to be in place, and pay me what you're supposed to pay me when I win the race. So we've got those four items basically taken care of. Um, I, I've got a, a really good, uh, confident safety team that takes care of my guys. Um, I've got good staff that listen, pay attention. Um, you know, we're, we're doing everything that we can to make a great racing experience for somebody when they come. Um, and we're trying to make sure that everybody stays safe. And that was the, the last part of that parade road was the safety side of it. You know, we're running a, a nighttime event and you've got some golf cart going back to pick up their junior racer and you've called the next class to the lanes and there's just a, just a traffic jam. So we were, we ran a little bit slower pace than what we probably could have because we were trying to make sure that we didn't run anybody over. And, uh, you know, we, we've done a few extra things to try to make sure that that doesn't happen, but this parade road should fix that. We'll have it up and running by July or uh, June, excuse me, for our first points race. So we're, we're thrashing. We're trying to get her done. Well, I was there, I think it was two years ago, and it was funny. You had a, I don't remember if it was like 4th of July. I can't remember what it was. You had some special, like, big money, like, bracket thing. Like, it was there $2,000, like, on a Friday night, I think is what it was. Streetcar, 12, you know, it was added money, like a Friday night race. And my wife wanted us to go to Main Laws. And I'm like, I'm just going to stay here, and I'm going to take care of the animals, you know, and I'll do all the chores so we don't have to board it. You know, you go have fun at your mom's. And I'm like, well, I'm here. I'm going racing. So, like, <laughs> They left sneak the, down and make some hits. They left the house at like three and I hopped in the truck at like three ten and I'm out of town, right? Like I'm <laughs> headed south and picked a friend up and get there and I had like all kinds of stuff go wrong. Like it was just a complete mess. Like my toolbox tipped over in the trailer when I was trying to haul down there and we're picking up sockets and ranches and stuff scattered everywhere. And I'll never forget the first pass. I'd never really been there before. And I went down and I missed like the first turnoff road. And like there was only like one turnoff road back then like you said we just go one way and I, I passed it and i'm at the end of the track like how do i get out of here <laughs> like cars like see i have to do yeah. the embarrassing like walk of shame we have to come back because you missed the corner yeah and it's and that's partly why we're trying to do also what we're doing is you know we were eighth mile racing and from the finish line eighth mile finish line to the return to the to the road is it was two thousand feet but the problem is is you get to the end of the wall and you'd make the turn off the track, but there was still 800 feet more racetrack to go 
but with no return road. So that would be very deceiving to somebody who'd first showed up because they're thinking, ah, there's just there's another turnoff. I mean, how you why would you have 800 feet of concrete and not have another return road? I mean, that just you know, at some point you're thinking the common sense factor of this, and then you drive down the end and you look around, and you're like, there ain't no way back except grass. So I'm not so the first one that happened to. Oh no, yeah, no, no. <laughs> and we even tell people, and they go, oh yeah, yeah, no problem. Like, no, 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 you don't understand. At the end of the concrete wall, if you don't turn right. You're in trouble because that's it. Um, so, yeah, it's happened before. So now you'll be pleasantly surprised that uh, now there's an option to turn around and bring a, bring a return road back. We can, we and, can call uh, that Anderson Road. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, I'm actually trying to call it uh, – I'm trying to put a marketing partner on it to help me pave it. So um, if, you, if that doesn't happen, then Anderson Road can come in as a secondary. How's that? That's <laughs> Yeah, that was kind of embarrassing. I'm like, now what do I do? <laughs> yeah, no, you are you are not the only person that that's happened to, and and uh, and I'm okay with it. I mean, we, you know, our fire safety guy is on it. You know, he just calls back on the radio, hey, we got one going long, hold up, you know, and try to make sure we don't run somebody <laughs> over. But but it's pretty funny because you can usually tell um, when you see brake lights, and then you quit seeing brake lights, and the guy's still hauling. We're like, yeah, he's going long. He thinks there's another turnoff. So. Um, we're gonna we're gonna have that all done here probably next week where that's gonna be serviceable. So it'd be cool. That's just another another quirk of this place. Um, you know this this place has a huge event center building on it, heated, air conditioned. You know, ten stall bathrooms on each side. We're actually putting some showers in now. Um, I mean, you got this huge building, and then you got mud in the pits. So it it was definitely not put together by a racer uh, a racer would have put it together with nice pits get the surface right put in a good timing system let's go racing and then we'll deal with the rest of the amenities but uh you know the 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 wives like it because they've got a place that they can go hide other than in the back of the race car trailer and our concessions are in there and our novelty stuff is in there so it it serves a purpose but the building itself is probably way too big for what we need i i wish i could have had some of that money that they put in that building to uh to make pit improvements but we're gonna get there this is a this is definitely a uh the, the banker says it's a 20-year deal because that's how long it's going to take to pay it off so we're going to be here a while so we're, we'll make progress as we go but it definitely needs some help in the pit department and uh and we're going to get there for sure well the one thing i will say um even with everything, you know, and just like I said, the trying to throw a trip together right away and run down there under the cover of darkness where my wife thought I was staying home and being responsible. It was a great experience. Like, you know, I had the only soccer there and just bracket racing. And you know what? I just, I just want to go fast. So, you know, I wanted to try to figure the car out. The surface was good. Everybody was super nice. And I remember specifically, I think you came and told every single one of us, hey, this was supposed to be on X amount of cars. This month, you know, they didn't show up. We don't have enough car count, but I'm honoring the payout. And you know what? Somebody that's going to honor what they say and put on a flyer, even though it doesn't necessarily make sense, you know what? You gain, you gain a lot of respect that way. Like, you know what? You put it out there, you honored your commitment, and that was really cool. Well, you're never going to get more cars by paying less money. Um, that's something that I've kind of figured out over the years, and um, I've dealt with some really good promoters. Um, I used to go to Boise, uh, any of those drag racers that have been up to Boise know how the new family runs that facility. And it was very personable. Um, it was always done professionally. And 
you know, you got to look at yourself and say all these tracks that are successful, that are family owned, family run, how'd they get there? You know, and you talk to them and they, they get there by treating people like their money means something to them. So it's a customer service thing. Um, you know, you've, you've got to make an opportunity for yourself and say, we're going to honor what we said we're going to say um, so that we can build upon this. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, even my new partners that I've dealt with, I've just said, guys, we, we're going to end up taking it in the shorts a couple of times, but that's just how it goes. But, you know, we've, the first race that we had here, uh, when I came to look at the facility, when the old management, the old regime was running it, there was 26 cars here and it was just, the morale was terrible. And of course, then when the new guys coming into town, everybody kind of perks up and says, Hey, you know, there's new guys, let's go check it out. And the first event had like 72 cars and less than two years later, the last event we had, it had 171 cars and there's tracks. I get it. I, I ran dragway 42. We'd have, we had 440 cars there at an event. So, I mean, there's places in the country that just have more car count. To draw 170 cars in our area is huge. Um, and uh, and so, like, our points races, we're drawing. And part of it's because of the proximity that we're at. I mean, we're literally 10 miles from Nebraska. Um, I'm 60 miles from South Dakota. I'm 55 miles from parts of Minnesota. So, it's not uncommon for us to have a points race with like eight states represented. But the reason why they're coming is because it always pays what it's supposed to pay, um, no matter what the situation is. And, um, you know, we make sure that the track is as good as we can make it. Can we make it perfect every week? No. With this new grinding, I believe so. Uh, we had issues before because the track surface wasn't as good as it is now. Um, we've already figured out that, just in the one day of testing, it's way better than it was before. So we just like people to come and enjoy it and try it. And, um, you know, we know that um, we've upset some people because we did pay more money. And when you pay more money, you bring in the competition level. I mean, it's um, Shane Boney is our reigning track champion in Mod ET, which is the same as Pro. I mean, he's a bottom bulb assassin. I mean, and he comes all the way six and a half hours from Minnesota to come to our points races. And sure, there's probably guys that race in mod that show up on an open car trailer that thought, man, this was a great little racetrack before this guy got here. Cause now all of a sudden all these sharks are in the water, but their level of competition goes up, but the, the car count goes up. But I can also tell you that we've had some local guys that started out um, doing pretty well. And they've gotten damn good because they've had to. And so it, the, the amount of competitions brought the other guys up. So, yeah, we just, we're trying. I mean, that's the big thing is and communication. Um, I didn't always communicate as well in life. Um, and I, I basically have tried to make a lot of changes to, to me and how I act and how I treat people. And uh, it's just a growing up process. And, um, you know, a lot of things are different, but, you try to make sure that they understand, you know, if something's not right or something's not the way it should be that we, we just get it out there. Our first race was supposed to be two weeks ago. We had 45 mile an hour crosswinds and we basically just turned it into a test and tune. And I offered to give everybody their money back an hour and a half into the deal and said, if, <clears throat> I don't care if you 
paid for the test and tune or not, or if you made laps, I'll give you your money back or you can continue to play along, but we're all adults here and, you know, we don't want to end up wiping up somebody off the, off the pavement. So just be careful and do your thing. And I think communication is key. We do a lot of Facebook live stuff. And I know that a lot of guys think it's corny and there's a lot of track operators that have given me grief over it. And they're like, well, you know, you just like being a movie star. I go, no, I really want my people to understand what's going on. No better way than for them to hear it directly from me instead of just a text message or, or some form of communication. That's not me standing there looking in the camera saying, this is how it's going to be guys. So, so far we haven't had any issues. Um, I haven't gone back on any one thing that I've said in the last three years of being here. And that's, I think why we decided to stick around the people of the Midwest um, that are in this area are just, they're great people. I mean, it's probably cause we're all living in this miserable ass weather and uh, ain't got a whole lot going on other than our racing. But, uh, you know, it's a really good group of people. And uh, it was part of the reason why we decided to stick around uh, was uh, was trying to trying to get it together for these guys that, you know, as a promoter and a track manager, you know, you, you want to be friendly with people. But, you know, I as my friends, friends know, um, I'll, I'll throw my mother out over a over a bad deal. So. I don't have a whole lot of gray area. I mean, we've put all the rules out for a reason so that it protects me so that I don't have to hear, oh, well, you let him do it, but you didn't let me do it. Nope, you broke the rule. You're done. You're out. We're out. We're not even going to have that. And so that's the other reason why a lot of people enjoy coming to race here because they know they're going to get a fair shake. There's no hometown deal that the track manager is buddies with this guy. And so now all of a sudden, you know, he's getting a perk that that somebody else isn't getting. So. We do have we a, try. We do have a couple questions. What sanctioning body? Uh, it's IHRA. Okay. And then Bob Tilton was sleeping in today, but he <clears> said he got on late. And are you running this Saturday? In what time? Yes, we are running this late or this uh, Saturday. We're going to start at two o'clock. So cars will go down the road uh, track at two. Um, we'll probably be done around seven thirty, eight o'clock. Just been on car count. And then uh, another question, I guess I have is how. You're a racer yourself. I mean, somewhat of a famous vehicle you used to drive. Like, tell us about how you got started in stock, super stock. So, uh, oh, lovely. Thank you for bringing <laughs> up the tree removal service that, uh, uh, yeah, that, that particular vehicle got sold to John Irving. And, uh, yeah, yeah, he removed the, uh, he removed the tree for everybody. Uh, yep. That stock eliminator pickup truck was actually originally purchased, um, uh, by John Winslow in San Jose, California, um, from Brian Jobes in Canada. And I went with uh, two buddies in John's 67 Belvedere station wagon and an open car trailer and drove it to Canada and picked up that truck, brought it back. Um, and I started my stock eliminator career in 1998 at the points race in Sonoma in division seven. And I ran that truck as a silver pickup for two years. And in, um, at the end of, uh, of 2000 or at the end of 19, uh, 99, excuse me, get my dates mixed up. The end of 99, we painted it to the purple that it became and, uh, ran it till I believe 2007. And then I sold it to John and unfortunately, that was his experience at the Winter Nationals with it. Um, did a burnout, 
sheared his studs off, took out the tree, broke his elbow, never to run that truck again. So um, plum crazy tree removal service. Yeah, yeah, and it's now up in Canada, and every year, um, it's a it's a, a, a terrible reminder that I sold that deal because the text messages and the Facebook <laughs> messages that come through and they say, well, there's your old truck. Do you miss it? And I go, not in the shape it is there. I said, but uh, yeah, I do miss it. Um, I ran, I started in 88 um, racing, like I said, high school class at, uh, at, at Baylands raceway race, Sacramento race, Sonoma um, did a lot of division seven stuff. Um, did some super street. We also ran a, we had an 1190, index class called super mod that my dad was a big part of and uh we drove in it for a couple of seasons and and then um you know did the whole stock thing uh had a lot of fun did a lot of bracket racing with that truck um it was a good combo uh 360 904 eight and three quarter deal um got a lot of laps on it um steve Wan in california always used to help me do the motors Don Little helped me out. Um, a lot of those guys that, you know, are still running today um, did a lot of stuff to help me. Um, then I moved to Colorado in like 2005. I did Division 5 stuff. And then I got into uh, my dad, myself, and um, and uh, another guy, which was Jeff Strunk, actually started the short land shark dragster deal. And um, so my dad was actually the f- built the first 22 cars. And then the Hoffs bought it. Now that company's up in South Dakota. So um, I built, you know, we, we ran the first short car and I ran it in super comp and, and then did some super gas stuff. And then in 2010, I actually spent a year in the Middle East at Yas Marina Circuit uh, with Steve Queen and Rod Fuller running the racetrack over there and doing their driving school stuff and then came back. And then I just kind of piddled around and started working at racetracks and, here we are. So it's kind of been a, a full circle deal for me. Um, I still get a race car once in a while, but uh, not often enough, but often enough to realize that I'm definitely not what I used to be and leave that, leave that stuff for the kids. I think I will definitely be that guy that um, has a, a, you know, a G or an H or an I stalker someday. And I just go out and piddle four or five times a year and that's good enough. And I'm not out there to, to, uh, to be an assassin. I'm just out there to have a good time and, support support the deal uh you know the midwest class racers is coming to our racetrack in july and um that's going to be exciting for me because i really enjoy the stock super stock stuff still it's my favorite class um and to have those guys at our facility be able to run quarter mile for the first time will be a really cool deal and so you better get some connecting rods between now and then or you better find something to drive because i expect to see you there that's uh that's gonna be huge i mean there's we all know, uh, I hate to say this, but class guys can be a little bit, uh, prima donnas about quarter mile, eighth mile. And I think that's, you've done a couple events there and nobody's really, I mean, everybody's had a good experience. It's just, well, I want to run eighth mile. I want to go quarter mile. So I'm not going to go. Well, you know what? There's no excuses now. Get your ass in the truck. Come to Ottawa. You're going to have a great experience, great hospitality. And that track surface is smooth. Like. None of the crap we have to deal with at some of the other local tracks. Your cars aren't going to get all dirty. You're not going to get all busted up. Like, it's a premium facility, and now that they're going quarter mile, nobody has a reason not to go there. So I think you're going to have a huge turnout. I'll bet I'll go on record now saying you're going to have over 100, 110 stockers sitting there for that weekend. 
Well, that'd be pretty cool because we're make we're basically making you guys the showcase for that day. We've got a we've kind of teamed you up with a nostalgia event that we've been trying to put together. Um, with any with any new facility, you got to do things that makes sense financially, um, and you know, obviously, uh, Eddieville, which is in our kind of in our area, they do uh, you know the funny car chaos stuff and the fuel altereds and. Man, those are awesome shows to go to. And I know that our spectators would love to see something like that. But I got to walk before I can run. And and those big events, you know, if you if you talk to those guys, they'll tell you the first two or three years, I spent a lot of money trying to guilt, get it built up. And right now I'm spending the money on the infrastructure. So we're going to get there. But we're basically doing a nostalgia event. We've got some, um, some old gassers that are going to come. And um, we've got a couple of looks like we're going to do a couple of funny cars that are going to do match racing and some fun stuff that weekend but primarily the stock super stock guys will be the will be the showcase for the deal and i think it's going to be great and uh like bobby always says who doesn't like wheelies i mean if you come to the racetrack and you don't see wheelies i'm not i'm not impressed i want to see something with the wheels hanging so it's uh it'll be a good deal we'll stay on top of the racetrack um i've already bought 25 barrels of glue and i'm ready to use it so we're gonna right. have some, we're gonna have some fun. I think you're making a good choice there. Let stock and super stock; they're already gonna be there. Let them be your main event. What helps you the most? Car count or spectators? What do you What do you need financially? Car Car count is the only thing keeping me alive. Um, spectator wise, the biggest, and this is crazy because we got racetracks that I know I've been to that have you know hundreds of fans on a regular basis. We're just not getting them. Um, it's not because the show isn't good. Um, I think it's a lot of it has to do with um, previous, you know, previous experiences. Everybody got excited, came out, maybe didn't have a very good experience. So we're having to rebrand some of that. We're having to go out and tell everybody. But if it wasn't for car count, we wouldn't make it. Um, the car count's been been really good. Um, our spectator draw literally hundred people on a Saturday. If I have a hundred people, I'm excited, but I'll end up with 150, 200 crew guys. And that's where we're, that's where we're making the, what would be the spectator money is on the crew guys. The crew. Um, so so hundred cars coming in is better than a hundred spectators coming or, or I guess a hundred cars coming in, you would need 200 spectators to match that. Yeah, um, probably, you know, and, and the thing is, is, you know, our biggest, we had a, you know, the, the big craze obviously is the, the, the street outlaws type, small tire, big tire type events. We did one of them and the, and we had 600 people show up and you'd have thought from talking to other people that were like, Oh my God, what are we going to do with all these people? I'm like, yeah, I'm used to dealing with 3,500 to 5,000 spectators. So it's no big deal. We can, you know, we can handle a thousand without even blinking an eye. Um, so we're just trying to build it up. We're trying to do some promotional stuff. We're trying to do some, we got, we, with us as the ownership, it's easier for me to give away my money than it is to give away somebody who I work for his money. I mean, that's obvious. So now we're giving away, you know, tickets and saying, Hey, come out. And we've told a lot of people, Hey, the, 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 the marquee race on the schedule this year is going to be the end of July. And it's going to be this nostalgia race with the Midwest class racers. That's the one you're going to want to come to. Because we know that if somebody comes out and has a good time, um, they're going to likely come back. Um, 
And so that's what we're, we're trying to promote is get, get them there the first time and go from there, even though it's easy access from the freeway. I mean, you could literally be standing in the staging lanes and watch the cars go down I-29. So when they're going down the freeway, it's at half a mile away. Um, it's just getting them to come up. And, uh, and I say, <laughs> yeah. And I right. say up because I, I don't know, you know, Omaha is obviously our largest draw council bluffs and Omaha is our, our big, where we think we're going to draw the most amount of people. Um, we do get some down from Sioux city. Um, right now, what our local, <clears throat> our car, our, our spectator count is coming from all the little towns that are in, in our area. We're in Monona County. In Monona County, Ottawa is actually the largest city in Monona County, and it's only 3,400 people. So, I mean, even if you said, hey, 10% of them are drag racing fans, you're 350 people. And out of that 10%, how many are coming to the races? And that's why our car count's low. So we're, our spectator count's low. So we're, we're gaining on it. Uh, we, we, did, uh, we didn't have lights in the pits, so we opted to not do night racing. Um, in this part of the country, guys are working on Saturday. I mean, they're out. They're out in the fields. Um, we found that most of our people are either uh, truckers, uh, farmers, or somebody that's a support for one of those two industries: mechanics, you know, people that are working in the grains industry, and people that are uh, working in the fertilizer industry. And so, when you know, we when we talked about starting at two o'clock in the afternoon, all of a sudden everybody goes, "Oh, hey, that'll work," because even if I miss a first time trial. If I'm there by 3.30, I can get one hit. We start racing at 5. I'm good. I just can't miss in the morning. But we opted to run in the mornings on Saturdays and Sundays because I didn't want to run at night and run somebody over, not having any lights in the pits. You think that that's a, a not that big of a deal. But no, with all the race car trailers and everybody's got their generators on, their lights on, you think, uh-huh, no big deal to, drive, to have no lights in the pits. It is in the middle of Iowa in the cornfields. I mean, it is black out here when you shut the lights off. So we just want to make sure we didn't get anybody hurt. So now changing the schedule, we think it's going to be better. Plus, who wants to go sit out in a bleachers in 95-degree weather with the sun beating on them? That's not good. I can't blame them. So we're trying to make some changes so that that, it makes it a little more appeasing for uh, those guys that want to come out have have some more fun. Have you thought about ice cream by the pound? Uh, you know, I could steal. I could steal. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I might have to do a quarter pound. Quarter pound. There you uh, go. I don't. I don't think I've got Bader's uh, Bader's deal there. But uh, is that that uh, you know we're looking to do uh, something that's just different. Um, we're, we haven't quite found that niche yet, but we will figure it out. Um, but uh, we're excited about the opportunities. Uh, we think that, yes, this is going to be a huge growth year for us. Um, the quarter mile adds to our Friday night test and tune program because all the tracks, um, for the most part around here are eighth mile. And we know there's a lot of kids that have, you know, the Mustangs, the Camaros, the Chargers, Challengers. Those guys need a quarter mile time slip. Um, the ones that have the draggies in their car, they've already been getting a quarter mile time slip. It just ain't for me. I run to the scoreboards and then slam on the brakes and make the corner. And so they've already been running quarter mile, but you know, it'd be nice to have some quarter mile events. We're going to do some street car, you know, bring it off the street and, uh, and come run some heads up stuff and, and, and just try to do some things. Every, every market is different. You know, there are certain markets that, um, you know, they're definitely catered to 
uh, class racing. There are certain markets that cater to the heads up stuff. There are certain markets, you know, you go down in the South and you want to do index racing, you know, six Oh seven Oh that kind of stuff. It's huge. You know, 70, 80, 90 cars show up. You try to do something like that here, unless it's instant green and hooked to a small tire event, they don't show up. We tried it. I mean, I was getting six, eight, nine cars. And so it's, it's just, it's just different. You got to figure out, figure out where you fit in and make it work. So. Now, Gary, I just have a couple like propositions for you. I'm, I'm so, uh, you know, enamored by like when new drag strips come up or, or trying to promote drag strips that are already open. Uh, Maple Grove, which is my home track in Pennsylvania, just got purchased by Kenny Koretsky and he's a racer. You're a racer. So I, I love what you're doing so far, but like just a couple little ideas. And then one question strictly out of ignorance. Cause I don't know season passes. How come nobody tries this? Get it, get somebody to buy a season pass, maybe a hundred dollars for the year or less. And then they can come to all of your events all year. We actually talked about it, and I think that's something that's definitely going to be in our future. Um, our The weird thing around here is we would have to make it a value enough to wipe out all the potential rainouts and weather issues. Um, so, I mean, you can't just look at the schedule and go, well, there's 30 events. So if we sold it to you for, you know, 150 bucks, because that's, you know, the way it's going to go, then, you know, we got to look at it and say, well, if we lose 10% of the races due to bad weather, you know, is it still a value? Um, we've actually get people that message us and say, can I buy a season pass? Um, we are, we did this year. Um, uh, once we knew we were going to purchase a facility, we were able to pre-sell tech cards. We've got a, we're on a program with a um, essentially a gift card. That's a plastic Credit card, reloadable. It's got auto yeah. dragway on it. I've been wanting that for years at Maple Grove. Why do yep. I have to pay cash at the gate? Like it's yep. And so and so we do this because um, we've got some guys because we only our race season's really short. I mean, here we are already in May. I've ran one event. I've had four on the schedule, um, and because of weather and because the first week, the first week we actually had decent weather. I wasn't done with the racetrack yet, so that one's on me. But we didn't did not have decent weather prior to that to be able to get the track done to be ready race. So I've only had one, one event. So uh, the problem is I'm basically guaranteed May to the end of September. So, you know, we got a lot of racers that wanted to be able to take some of their budget out of February's monthly bills and March's monthly bills. And they want to be able to start paying for racing that they're going to do in the summer months. So we've actually done these loadable, um, credit cards essentially and it's perfect the driver walks in tans the card swipes it done and you can pay for your anything that anything that goes on at our facility you can pay for with that card so we've got gift ideas you know for guys that we have wives that call up and say i want to buy a 150 dollars worth of gift card for my for my husband for the for the season no problem you know we've got a reloadable card we put on what they need and then we can take it either at the front gate, at concessions, at the T-shirt booth, fuel anywhere on the facility. The fuel and things like that from the fuel yeah. pump. That'd be great. That's, yep, that's a great absolutely. idea. I love it. So and that's can, one That's one of the things we've tried anyway. You could call it the buyback like club. And things. What'd you say? So you could call it the buyback club. 
Well, we're, we're actually going to do something different this year. We're not going to do buybacks. We're going to do reentry. We're going to try to do like what they're doing at the big dollar races. Um, for one, it puts a little bit, it, it puts a little more pressure. We were running when you got beat first round, then you were in the buyback round. Then we ran all the buyback cars. Like we call up second round, all the buyback cars ran first. Then all the winners ran second. Um, now this year, what we're going to do is we're going to do the first round. Anybody that loses will come back for a re-entry round. We'll run those guys together. Then anybody from there will re-enter and go into the second round. So it actually makes for less cars later in the day. Uh, so it should speed the program up. Um, plus, it uh, you know you really have to earn that opportunity to go back to second round versus a uh, a first deal. So, so, and, and, you know, as far as the buyback club goes, I like the way it sounds. It sounds better than the reentry club. So I'm with Brian, but we need a sponsor for that. You know, we need somebody to be part of the buyback club. You know, we'll just tell them, send them, send them over to the, um, to the so-and-so window for their buyback club uh, pass. But uh, yeah, we're going to give it a shot. We don't know if it's going to work. Um, it's worked great at, you know, the spring flings and, you know, the, all the SFG races and that kind of stuff. And, and so we, we think that uh, it'll work out. We've got this really cool program from Michael Beard that gives you a full layout on how your event should go time-wise and how many cars you're going to have to pay out and all those things. And doing the math, it shows that it's a little bit quicker than a day. Um, and, and honestly, our biggest two expenses – well, biggest three expenses running a racetrack, insurance, payroll, glue. The glue is going to be what the glue is. We're going to run what we got to have. You know, people say, you spray too much. I said, well, if we ain't crashing cars. We're doing it just right. Um, as far as the the payroll goes, if we can shorten the day, um, then that's what we want to try to do. And that's better for everybody. You know, I, we got a lot of guys that like to sit around and, and conversate and have adult beverages after the event. And so we just want to hurry up and get them done and go from there. What about True Start? Don't have it. Um, I'm. I don't know. I'm. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, like I said, I got a lot of experience, and uh, and I got a lot of experience running a slow car. Um, you know, for my deal, you know, I would think there's times when I would have loved to have had True Start, but I also believe that um, there's an advantage to building the faster car, and the guy that builds spends the money and builds the faster car should have an advantage one way or the other. So from a personal standpoint, I, I don't like it. I, I just say, well, you know, but it's um, it may become a thing of the, of the future. Um, I follow all the rules on our points programs uh, to follow exactly what IHRA does at world finals. I want my guys to be seasoned all season long to run under the same exact rules the way they do everything is mimicked exactly how it's going to be at world finals, which is also the way it's done at ET finals. So until the IHRA goes to true start in a world final situation, or if someday I become an NHRA track and they, you know, have their version of true start and, and it becomes a deal where it would be done in Vegas that way, then I would say, yes, I would probably go to it because again, you're going to, you want to make your guys run under the same uh, rules and under the same 
setup is they're going to go run this world finals. I've seen too many racetracks that, that do things different. And then when they, people get to world finals, they're lost. You know, uh, it, it just doesn't make any sense. You might as well just run it the way you've been running it all year long. And then, uh, you know, then you don't have any issues. So why IHRA instead of NHRA? So I can tell you from a bracket racing standpoint, IHRA is money. Um, it's, they do a really good job promoting their year-end champions. Um, the race structure is pretty good. Um, as a, as a track, um, there's incentives for me, as far as membership goes, let less money out of pocket for our racers. Chassis cert $75 versus, you know, $170. Um, you know, a membership and a license is a hundred bucks versus what you got to spend to do NHRA stuff. Um, I was an NHRA guy for years. I still have my stuff. Um, I'm not going to give up my numbers and things. I mean, I, I pay it. Um, but that's why, why it was originally done. Um, I was an IHRA guy at Dragway 42. It was the first time I experienced IHRA. Um, John O'Neill, which is our division director, and Scooter Pico is the vice president. Um, their office was 45 minutes from the track. So you become friends with them. Um, you're, you've got, you know, I can pick up the phone at 10 o'clock at night, and John knows if I'm running, he'll answer the phone because uh, he knows that I'm not calling to just ask him what, what he had for dinner. I'm calling because I got a problem. Um, I'm not saying that that's not what you're going to get with the NHRA, but I've had issues. I mean, I've had situations where I had running other racetracks that were NHRA. I did not get that same support. So that would be, that would be my take on why IHRA versus NHRA. Um, but I'm not opposed to it. I mean, at some point, all the tracks around here that are now IHRA, it almost needs an NHRA track so that guys can go do both sides of points. Um, but uh, when Topeka was doing their division five ET finals and it was all quarter mile. Um, it's hard for me to send a bunch of eighth mile racers to a quarter mile event. You know, they're not geared for it. They're not ready for it. They're not, you know, so back to that same deal right now, our ET finals is eighth mile. The world finals is eighth mile. So it's just, it fits right now, but uh, I'm not a, I'm not a diehard guy either way. It's uh it's definitely a factor. Well, I think a lot of our listeners probably are letting out deflated sighs right now. They heard all, all that and about your track, and they, they were probably looking forward to running a divisional or something there. So, Well, at some point, you know, we're not opposed to it. And my, like my thing is, is it's really difficult to um, – I don't have the infrastructure to put on a divisional race. I'm just being honest. I mean, I – I don't have the infrastructure to put on a really nice 250 car event yet. Um, you know, I've, I've talked to some of the big promoters about coming in and doing a big event or they've contacted us and said, Hey, you know, we'd like to do something there. And I'm like, yeah, not yet. When I'm ready, we'll be ready. But you got to imagine, you know, you're not to me. I don't want to hold just a divisional race or a national open that it can't be a regional event to be able to run alcohol just because that's the spectator draw for running a divisional race for me is having alcohol cars there. So if you're going to get into that deal where you can run a regional event or at least 
you know, maybe you do a regular divisional race, but then you bring in eight cars to do some sort of whatever. Maybe it's not a points paying event for them, but you know, at least have some sort of a, a runoff. Um, they're going to expect to not be parked in grass that if it gets any moisture on it at all becomes this sticky mud mess. We're basically 10 miles from the Missouri river. So this was all river bottom mud. So it becomes this coated, sticky, slimy is the nastiest stuff you've ever seen. So it's not about it, it. It Imagine Gainesville every weekend that it rains here. It, it's that scenario. Like it's just, it's just not, it's not conducive to drag racing. And that's why I say, I wish I had a half a million dollars in the pits and a hundred thousand dollars in the building instead of 600,000 in a building and nothing in the pits. So we're going to try to get there. And, and at some point, if I could get the paving in the pits and the power and some of the things that we want to do, I would absolutely entertain the idea of doing a, a, a divisional or something. You know, like I said, that's, that's me though. That's my personal feeling, not necessarily what's right for the facility right now. What's right for the facility is be a good quality bracket racing facility where you can still draw those people in from eight different States. They have a great experience. They look at your schedule and they say, okay, you know, I was the first guy around here to do two day points races. You come in, you race points on Saturday, race points on Sunday. I'll see you again in a month. We do f- four weekends and you can run for my points championship. And that's it. I'm not I'm not making you come, you know, 14 different Saturdays or, you know, all these different weekends spread out. And I get why they do it. People in this area only want to come racing for points. Um, you not you don't have a points race. My car counts 50, 60 cars. I do a points race. It's 160 cars. So, you know, you want to have points races because that's where I make my money. But I don't want to tie people's lives up. I know what it was like when I was chasing points. And I would just, it didn't matter. It was a points race. I was going. I didn't care what was going on at home. Didn't matter. I'm going racing. And that just creates a problem. And so we want to make sure that we are accessible. And you come in and do your four deals and let may the best man or woman win. Well, I'll throw out there too, anybody listening that wants to race at a, you know, obviously at a track like what you're building, July 23rd and 24th you won't find better class racing anywhere in the country through an organization that's going to pay a heck of a lot more than you're going to get at any NHRA event. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the Midwest class racer deal right now, I'm telling you, I, I've, I, that's where I'm headed. As soon as, as soon as the, uh, the ability is there, that's, that's the kind of racing I'm going to go do because the association takes really good care of their guys. Um, they seem to always be having fun. Um, even when we were in, not the best conditions. Um, nobody complained. Nobody said a word. They just said, "Hey, you're working on it. We'll 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 be back." And uh, and yeah, since going to quarter mile, there's been a lot of positives. Um, so we're we're excited. Um, and yeah, I mean, come on out. I mean, give it an opportunity. I mean, I know you guys reach more class racers than anybody with with the podcast and with the things that you guys are doing. Um, I've got a lot of friends in Colorado that I've reached out to and said, I realize it's a little ways away, but come on out. You know, it's a weekend after Denver. So come on out and, and have some fun. It'd be a, it'd be a great time for you guys for sure. And you won't find a, a more hospitable track to come to. You've got all the right things in play to get the surface, right? Parking, 
I mean, and then the organization around it, like you got scales, you got heads ups. Like the Midwest Class Racers has one of the premium events, at now one of the up and coming premium tracks in the area. Like, there's no reason not to come. Absolutely. We we definitely look forward to it, and that's why we made it the marquee of that of that calendar. I mean, it's uh, it's definitely our our big go, and uh, we're gonna see what happens, and and we're gonna try to do some really cool stuff. Um, we're trying to put together a deal to do a uh, a racer appreciation dinner that Saturday night after the event. So it's uh, it's gonna be cool, be fun. Well, awesome. We appreciate your time. Like I said, it's pretty exciting to. It's it's nice to have good news of of one coming back online and not going away. So thank you for what you're doing. Well, you guys are welcome in uh, any time and uh, really do appreciate uh, what you guys are doing with the show. We do watch uh, religiously and, and uh, it's cool. Uh, I'm not that far removed from it, but yet it feels like it was a hundred years ago. So uh, you guys keep it, keep it current for me. And we appreciate what you're doing as well. All right, Jim. Well, thanks for coming on, buddy. Take care. Best of luck. We'll be praying for your success and rooting for you. And we would love to help any way we can. Perfect. Thank you guys. We'll see you soon. All right. That was nice and informative, right? Yeah. The, like I said, that guy was just so solid. Like I said, we, uh, I went there, I think they ended up with like half the cars and he still said, Nope, that's, we're going to still pay the same. And just the improvements I know around here, everybody, there's a lot of buzz going on about everything he's doing. It's, it is going to be a sweet place. So. Yeah, it's cool. On dragway.com for more information. Um, this, uh, well, sorry, that's strange. That's better. Um, don't forget you can, uh, support the show here so we can continue these, uh, classracingtoday.com slash donate. Um, the other great way to help support the show is to, uh, just subscribe all across the social medias and tell more people to watch and listen. Uh, we are also, the audio side is on the podcast world, uh, Apple Podcasts, um, oh brother, Android, I believe, uh, it's not on Spotify or Amazon, but it is on, uh, the rest of them, uh, Overcast is a good option for a podcast system, uh, otherwise classracingtoday.com, there's a listen button there as well, so we appreciate all that you guys do, um, also we have had a few people that wanted to donate without using a card, so you have the option to do that. Uh, by sending uh, a check to 307 South Main Street, Millbank, South Dakota, 57252. Uh, make your checks out to Class Racing today. If you want to help support the show. And again, we are sponsored by the Value for Value model, meaning that we don't tell you how much to give. You get to decide what it's worth to you and whatever that is. And that may be information. That may be dollars. It may be uh, telling more people. So all of it is wonderful and appreciated. So we thank you so much for listening. Any last words, gentlemen? Nothing? Who? What? That's a lot to Brian finding his rods. And I got nothing. What? And I got to get cracking. There it is. I got to get loaded up and ready for Virginia. Excellent. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you next. Subscribe on YouTube. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. See you next time. Have a great day.